You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. All right, this is the one. I can feel it. Podcast, 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 podcast. The first and the best Chiefs podcast. Real ones know the show is called Amateur Hour. The Amateur Hour podcast is now airing on KC Sports Network. Ryan Scott Hall and his Dirkness are back again. We've got football, friendship, and fun. All these shows, we're still number one, season 12. Oh, wow, here it comes. Welcome, my friends, to Emma, Amateur Hour Podcast. Podcast. Man, I can't hit that note right. Podcast! Is that right? Ah, well. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. What is this, Amateur Hour? Yeah, I ain't no Superman businessman like you. You know, I'm just a amateur. I suppose. Amateur hour is what's happening. <laughs> amateur hour is what's happening. Yeah, that's right, folks. Show is called Amateur Hour. I am Ryan Scott Hall, and joining me today, my own personal Pinche Gringo, his darkness. So, will will Pinche Gringo happening? Should have worn mine. Should have worn mine. <laughs> All right. Well, Dirk, the Chiefs beat the Broncos. Just well, I say just. It's been five days. It's a it's a kind of a weird gap here. Uh, the Chiefs in the middle of what, like a 10 day break between games since they played on Thursday last week. And I guess let's just start here. Dirk, what do you make of the Chiefs offense through six games? Through six games. Um, you know, it has not been crisp. Um, six games is a fair enough sample size. Um, we, I, I did a lot of diving. A little deep, a little deep last night on some stats. I wanted to compare it to seasons past to see how the uh, 2023 Chiefs offense stacked up against, uh, you know, the rest of the offenses from the Mahomes era. That's basically what we're looking at. And I got to say, it's by far the worst offense of the Mahomes era so far. Um, you know, so they are, I, I want to look at six, you know, main statistics, which I think make up you know, encompasses everything with like an NFL offense, basically. The six stats I'm looking at are points per game, third down percentage, red zone percentage, turnover percentage, yards per play, and then my favorite personal statistic, points per drive. Um, And so I think when you look at all of that, um, you, you know, in 2023, they have the worst points per game, the worst third down percentage, the worst yards per play, the worst points per drive of that era, and then the second worst turnover percentage and red zone percentage. Keep in mind, we are comparing this to um, some of the best offenses in league history. Um, So being worse than than them isn't necessarily the worst thing. I mean, basically every offense of the last 50 years has been worse than these last five years of offense. Um, But when you look at it like that, I mean, it's hard to ignore that it would be the worst um, of the Mahomes era. Um... And so it's just kind of interesting to look at it like that. I, you know, I, 
I'm not personally freaking out. I didn't I didn't really care at all about the Denver Broncos game. I cared about as little as the Chiefs appeared to themselves. Um and I just don't think they were too interested in, you know, putting up points. They had no interest in putting up 70 points in that game. Um, and as I've coined many times before, it was the classic Andy Reid shutdown mode game. You could see it coming a mile away. They didn't really wait to get up two scores in this one. It was just kind of parking the bus from the very beginning. Um, so this singular game did not concern me. Um, after looking at all of the stats from the season, I am slightly concerned. Um but there's a lot of stuff to pile on top of that, but I want to send it back your way to think, to get your thoughts on the offense through six games. So he, he, this is, I the reason that we're even having this conversation, I think, don't get me wrong, the offense has kind of puttered about. Uh, I believe the phrase everyone was using either on Thursday night or on Friday is that they keep playing with their food. Um, I like that. Who doesn't like to play with their food? I love playing with them. I I like food. Um, but I'll tell you this: like once the dust kind of settled, and I had some time to go back and look. I mean, obviously, in that game against Denver, this probably turns the conversation into like recency bias. But like, the Chiefs were four of thirteen on third down against a team that gave up 70 points a couple weeks ago. They were they were number one in the NFL coming into the game and dropped down to fourth in the NFL after that game. The Chiefs did. They were number one in the NFL in third down and dropped to fourth just in one game. Okay. Did you the number so the numbers that you checked today was after the full week, not just the Chiefs played one game and nobody else did. Okay. Correct. I mean, look, I guess I tried to do a, a, a little number crunching of my own as best I could to Stay give late, like bro. some, some concepts. <laughs> I like numbers. I like numbers. You're a words man. I Stick mean, I, words. I'll do a little bit both. Um, but clearly, yes, more of a words guy. Um, so let's just try to maybe put some of those numbers in context. You said, once again... The Chiefs are worst in the Mahomes era in like scoring, in points per drive. Uh it was there a uh was there a yards per attempt in there too? I can't points per game, third down, yards per play, and points per drive. Uh, okay. so I, I like efficiency stats a lot, obviously. Um, and so it all is they're still I mean, they're the worst third down uh team of the Mahomes era, and they're fourth in the NFL. So I mean mm. Take that with a huge grain of salt. So I I looked at 2019, or sorry, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2020. Last, last four years is as far as I went back. Um, and mostly what I was trying to figure out, like, is this a Chiefs problem or is this maybe more of like an, an NFL trend? Like, is scoring down everywhere? And it's kind of hard to make sense of some of these numbers because what we have to keep in mind is that it's really difficult. Uh, I mean, it's possible, but really difficult for an amateur such as myself to take the chiefs have played six games and try to compare that against the first six games of other seasons. It's so much easier to just look at the season averages. Well, here's the thing that I think people probably already sort of know, but maybe haven't actually like, taking the time to look 
Uh, so the Dolphins are scoring a touchdown more than anybody. Um, San Francisco is seven points behind them. Miami's at 37.2 points per game right now, which is really, I think, in some ways skewing the numbers. But then you also have teams like the Giants and Patriots that are at 12 points per game and 11.8 points per game. So in any case, let's put it here. The Chiefs right now are at 24.5 points per game on offense in 2023. They're ninth in the league in points per game. And the league average is at 21.7. So they're basically about a field goal better than league average in scoring right now. Last year, they finished at 29.2. So, I mean, they're, they're five points behind their season average pace through six weeks, uh, at least from last year. They finished first, right? Um, I mean, if you want to look at some of these other stats that you brought up, I mean, the Chiefs are... Uh, they've never been lower than third in the third down, uh, third down percent conversions over the last four years. Uh, so they're obviously quite good there. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically- some real, some real quick fun stats here. The Chiefs in yards per play. This is going from 2018 to the present. Yards per play: first, second, second, first, first, and sixth this year. Uh, in mm. third downs: second, first, third, first, second, fourth this year. And then points per drive, my favorite stat, uh, first, second, fourth, first, first, and then fifth this year. So you're basically looking at what has easily been the best offense of, you know, in totality of the last five years, um, and now kind of drop down to like maybe like the, the fifth best offense this year, or maybe a little bit lower. So I, I mentioned that the Chiefs are about a field goal better than league average, and they're about a touchdown better than league average last year. Um, and really the league points per game is a marginal difference. 21.7 this year, 21.9 last year. So I don't, I don't even know if it's fair to say that like offense is down around the league, but the chiefs are certainly down. One of the real interesting ones for me, yards per attempt. Mahomes is a full yard down from his season average last year, 8.1 last year to 7.1 right now. He was second in the league last year. And he's about middle of the pack. Um, I mean, yards per play. Uh, the Chiefs were a full yard better than the league last year. Uh, they're about a half a yard better than the league right now. They're still top five. Uh, you said points per drive. They're still top five, but they're about a half a point per drive worse than they were last year. And I mean, we can still also look at some of these other stats, though, that are jumping out and like. I believe it was uh, your guy Scott uh, Kazmar or Kazmir that put the stat out about how the Chiefs have like the exact same number of yards through six weeks as they did last year, but they're down forty or fifty points and they have the fewest points through six games that they have at any point in the Mahomes era. And so, like, it's it's clear that even with all these numbers, and I mean, obviously, we've kind of shoved some numbers in your face over these first you know ten minutes of the show. If we're trying to put all this stuff in context, I mean, I think that the one major takeaway is that, yes, the Chiefs are performing poorly in terms of getting the ball in the end zone at the very least um, compared to last year. 
And I don't know, like you, you mentioned Andy Reid shutdown mode. Like, is that what you think is happening through six weeks? I, I mean, I think that's part of it. I would, I would guess I kind of like to see like who they're playing early on in these games the other years. But I, I mean, I chalked the Denver game up to that fully. I mean, I just didn't think they were engaged. They were just trying stupid shit. I mean, I mean, that was very clearly an unserious football team out there, if you will. Um, that was just kind of doing whatever. And I don't think they, you know, cared if, I don't think they thought Denver could score. So it was just, that's why they were doing it. Um, and so it's, 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 I, I look at two main things as to why they're not scoring, because even in that Denver game, they were putting up yards and they were moving the ball. But the point total was obviously one of the lowest of the Mahomes era here. Uh, and you're kind of looking at two different stats as the reason why, which is red zone percentage and turnover percentage. Uh, and both of them are pretty high. Uh, when you look at the best two Chiefs offenses of this era, which would be 2018 and 2022, um, they were very good in red zone. There's been some red zone percentage variance between different Mahomes years. It's gone second, which was 2018, which was, you know, an all offensive team, no defensive team compared to these other ones. So they were second that year. And then 20th, 14th, 17th, Second, again, last year when we saw the offense that was, you know, clearly the best, like almost number one in basically every category you're looking at. And then down to 17th again this year. Um, so it's either there's been two years where they're second in the league and in the other years, they're kind of middle of the pack. So red zone is is probably the weakest spot, um, you know, of this little era here. Uh, and they're kind of back down this year. So, I mean, that's and then that kind of like if you're looking at an Andrew shutdown mode, isn't the one thing, because I mean, the big part of that is like you're kind of protecting your tendencies uh, in different schemes and plays and, and saving that for bigger games on down the road. Uh, I want to get to this quote that we had from Andy after the game, after the Denver Broncos game, we strive for something big, bigger than what we're doing right now. Like that's a direct quote in reference to the to the injury shutdown mode. He is not interested and blowing this team out. This team is entirely focused on what is going to happen in December and especially in January and most likely into February. Like that's just where this team's sights are set. They know they're going to be in the dance. It's how they're going to be dancing when they get there. Um, so when you look at that, I think the one thing that you kind of want to protect though would be like your red zone offense. Like that's very particular, you know, set of plays, uh, different things that you're doing. And against a team like the Broncos, you don't want to show anything that you that you you know really believe it. You want to try some shit out, maybe see what this guy's got something, you know, maybe try this, have a little fun, run a trick play. But the ultimate goal is not to score as many points again as, as we can against the Broncos. That's cause Andy's just not interested in it. He's not. I know the fans are. I know the fans want kind of want this offensive perfection. They want these stress-free games. That is not what Andy Reid wants. I think he kind of likes when it's close like that because it it keeps the team engaged. It kind of challenges them to play instead of just, you know, coming out here and blowing them out and then just, you know, taking these the rest of the time. I don't think he minds when these games kind of stay close like that, if you can call that a close game. Well, if you guys don't mind, we're going to take a break and then I'll respond to my man, Dirk. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. I personally have been talking to somebody for a few years now, and it's amazing how much better you'll feel by learning more about yourself through it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, folks, are you ready for some flag football? The Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City's Flag Football League is in full effect. Games are very competitive. They're fun to watch. You can play or go and observe at Cleveland Park. It's 4211 Cleveland Avenue. The best way to get in there is to enter off the 43rd Street entrance. Okay, Come see some of our future Chiefs hone their skills. Flag football is just one of the many sports programs offered at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City. In addition to flag football, the clubs offer leagues for baseball, softball, basketball, and more. Search for volunteer options on helpkckids.org. Do you love sports? Want to share your love by coaching local youth? Do you want to run your own Andy Reid shutdown mode? Our partners this year, the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Kansas City, needs your help today. You can beat the bad teams by just a field goal as well. You can do this. You, you can do it. Visit helpkckids.org and click on volunteer for more information. All right. So, Dirk, um, it, it kind of sounds like to me you are essentially making the case, at least as far as the Denver game is concerned, that the Chiefs are in a position where not only is it early in the season, but you're about to play a team two weeks later. Uh, we even heard last year about essentially a strategy, for lack of a better word, 
that the Chiefs used when playing the Bengals. I think you've referenced it a couple times over the last few weeks that like that regular season game against the Bengals last year, Joe Cullen, Steve Spagnuolo, uh, they decide that, hey, Chris Jones, we're just going to play you like straight up three tech. We're not going to move you around the line. We're not going to look for the right matchup. We're just going to like play it straight. And then when they see the Bengals again in the playoffs, it's Chris Jones closing things out. Typically, because he's not playing on the inside, it's because they moved him out to the edge. I think he had two sacks in that game, both coming off the right tackle rather than getting that inside pressure. And so we do know that the Chiefs look at some of these, especially opponents they're going to play twice and say, first game we might go vanilla red. Right. Like we're we're going to just keep it chill. We're not going to show too much. All right. We don't want to put enough on tape that then we don't have ways to surprise you. And so I can understand, I guess, um, looking at the potential for shutdown mode in this first matchup against a bad football team. The thing that's interesting to me, though, is I look at Mahomes, and and if we're just looking at him specifically, and this is a guy that, again, kind of untouchable, right? Like, it's almost become this conversation. I've, I've listened to some of our colleagues at KCSN and some of our fellow podcasters around, you know, Chiefs Nation, and a lot of people are trying to almost turn it into now, is it Mahomes or the receivers, as if it's a binary. That's are, are the receivers getting open or is Mahomes playing poorly? And look, I mean, he's about-ish on pace for the same interception total that he's had each of the last two years. But if you go back to 2020, Mahomes only threw five picks that year. Um, so, like, he has thrown five interceptions through six games and that, to me, I think is really where like the, the troubling trend exists because I look at it and say, yeah, Mahomes was essentially untouchable in September throughout his career, and now suddenly he has a rough September. Uh, October isn't necessarily off to a roaring start, but the crazy thing, and this is where maybe we're just, you know, spoiled, especially if you go and listen to our friend Nick Wright, like the Chiefs are exactly where they should be. They're five and one. They're tied for the best record in the AFC. You know, uh, like Mahomes is still top five in the league in a whole bunch of different categories. Um, It just, it still just doesn't look good. And so it's like kind of an eye test thing for me because there's there's nothing about shutdown mode that says Patrick Mahomes can throw five interceptions. Um, And in that game against the Jets, you know, they only had nine first downs against the Jets. That's bananas. Single digit first downs in an entire game. And don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think that's right. Brad. I was looking at it. That's, that's, uh, I looked. Did I look at the wrong thing? Yeah, I think so. I'm thinking, I'm looking at 24 first downs against the Jets. I don't know. We'll see. Either way, <laughs> time will count plays out. No, but yeah, I mean, I didn't mean, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. I just, I'm rambling at this point because I'm just like, I I don't think that we're going to find any answers in week six, right? Like there's not a solution here and, and we're not playing who you mad at when the chiefs are five and one. But I do think that when you watch this team, it looks ugly 
And when we suggest that maybe some of it is Andy wanting to save stuff for later in the year, it almost feels like it's dismissing the possibility that the Chiefs just aren't playing very well on offense. And the interesting thing to me, though, is that, like, if we want to get into the words, how do we define well? Because if it's wins and losses, the Chiefs are playing very well. If it's just the aesthetics of how it looks, that's where it is. It's like, ah, just, they, they just seem clunky. They don't look smooth. They don't look like themselves. Mahomes doesn't seem like he trusts the receivers. you know. And so it's all like the vibes aren't great. And yet there's a whole bunch of arguments for why they are. They're a really uh, like contradictory, confusing-looking team to me right now, particularly on offense. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. The, the, I mean, the eye test, they have not you know, looked looked the best. Um, but I mean, fans also, we did a lot of this last year. I mean, last year, you know, it's called playing with their food this year. It was the never easy chiefs last year. I mean, people said that constantly. I mean, we went to overtime with the Texans. We, we were getting slaughtered by the Titan defense and we only see them that because they had their third string quarterback in there. Um, I mean, this isn't, we kind of look at the chiefs by seasons end and then kind of judge them and kind of forget these games that go through the, the cracks. But I mean, at least, at least the last couple of seasons. I mean, 2021. There was definitely a stretch where there was massive struggles from the offense. Um, this isn't that. Um, although it it is interesting, the comparisons between like the different teams, 2021 and 2023 are, are pretty similar uh, across the numbers there. Um, but you know, it's it's and this is just when the Chiefs do not look right. You know, your group chats just light up. You know, what's wrong with the Chiefs? They don't look right. Pat doesn't look right. Why is he missing these throws? Why does this happen? Where's our receivers? We need to trade for a receiver. And it, it is just kind of like a, an expectation of perfection. And it's I think it's just because Mahomes hit the ground running so hard that we've just seen very, very few struggles from him um, other than that 2021 stretch of like five or six games where they, you know, actually did struggle. But on the Mahomes scale, I mean, you, you started digging into Mahomes. Honestly, I think the biggest reason the Chiefs have struggled this year on offense is that Mahomes hasn't played up to his standards. Um, he has looked like a good NFL quarterback, but we are used to him looking like the best NFL quarterback. And if so, if you're judging him on the Mahomes scale, I mean, I, I would say it's been a subpar start to the season. I mean, he is, you kind of talked about the interceptions. It's a little bit higher um, than what it's been in the past. Like, especially looking like interception percentage is the highest in his career right now. He's also had three interceptions that have been called back by mostly iffy penalties. Um, the one this week against the Broncos was just like, it was it was absolutely nothing. And we've seen him just like lollipop up these interceptions this year. And that's the one thing that I'm not used to seeing at all. Like, what is he looking at just throwing this into double coverage? I mean, that was just a safety sitting over the top. It was just easy. It was an easy interception. Um, so I think that's happened three times this year. So he'd be at... Um, I think he'd be at nine or no, he'd be at eight interceptions right now if they counted all of those. Um, so I, I do think Patrick Mahomes has kind of struggled. His numbers are kind of down across the board. Um, his rushing numbers are kind of way up and his low sack percentage is looking good. Um, uh, but I do think also one thing that you kind of, you know, looked at, um, is the trends around the NFL. I mean, I think right now defenses are kind of winning so far this year. You kind of looked at the points and it's and it's down it's it's down quite a bit from you know a few years ago points 2020 24.8 that was the COVID season offensive numbers were stupid high then 23 and then 21.9 and now down to 
Um, some other uh, stats, yards per attempt, lowest since 2008. Uh, yards per completion, 10.6, the lowest ever. Um, QB rating, lowest since 2017. Sack percentage, highest since 1998. Lowest red zone percentage through six weeks since 2011. These are some really weird stats. And it's just kind of saying offenses around the NFL are struggling right now. And look at like, you know, we have the Dolphins who are obviously going off. Um, the 49ers are doing their thing. The Lions are are solid. Josh Allen, he's had seven points in the middle of the fourth quarter of the last two weeks. Uh, Joe Burrow has looked like shit in basically every game except, except one. Um, the Eagles really haven't found their rhythm. The Cowboys seem a little down. The Jags seem a little down. Like, a lot of the offenses that we expected to be some of the best in the NFL are not producing to the to the point that they were, you know, last year or that we were expecting to this year. Um, I don't know who I, I, I want to blame Vic Fangio for this. I think he's ruining the NFL with his stupid too high defense. And now we're all seeing is just short passes across the league. And it's basically like who could be the most boring again, except for the Dolphins. I don't understand how they're fucking beating it so easy. I guess because they have Vic Fangio on their team. Um, it is like it's a weird trend to see. I mean, especially when all the rules are geared towards the offense, and yet we're seeing offensive numbers trend downward across the NFL. It's it's a wild trend to see. Yeah, I mean, i i don't I don't really know what to do with it. Um, I, I I can't make sense of the whole thing because maybe it is just the too high stuff. But like, teams were playing too high last year. Teams were playing too high two years ago. Um, and, and so I I don't know, man. I mean, I, I do think that... I, I saw somebody else suggest, sorry to cut you off, it might be like a pass rushing boom. Like, we kind of talked about this off air last week, but I was like, man, are these... Is this like the best that edge rushers have ever been in the NFL? Just like looking at the names? Because like the guys at the top, it's just like an endless list. And that wouldn't even include like Aiden Hutchinson and Max Crosby, who is, who's super underrated. Like... My God, like the edge rushers across the NFL are just, uh, you know, I didn't go through all the names there, Bosa and Garrett and you know all the names, but um, it's an endless list. And it just seems like there's a huge boom right now of pass rushing. And it's just, maybe that's it. It's just like a really good crop of pass rushers in the NFL right now. And that's kind of wreaking havoc on NFL offenses. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. You know, they say that like, essentially, if you want to build your defense, you want to build it around that pass rush. And if teams are taking that to heart and they're able to develop some of these guys, um, and, and I know ultimately, like, there's, you know, these now big offseason things for different positions. You've got an offensive line summit. You've got a defensive line or pass rusher, you know, big camp that goes on, just like tight end you that Travis Kelsey runs with some of the other top guys. And, and so, I mean, I don't really know if, like, suddenly pass rushers have just gotten more organized. Like they're taking better notes and they're sharing it. And so everybody's got, you know, these big booklets on every possible opponent. And they're all just kind of trying, instead of being a team versus team competition, it's now position versus position where defensive ends as a whole are like, you know, getting their, uh, getting the defensive end union and <laughs> they're trying to collectively bargain for more money um, as they get better and better. And the running backs are like, what What about us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they at least had a Zoom call. I don't know if they actually formed a union, but... The solution uh, is us, guys, and nobody is listening to us. 
pay us and give us the ball. Like, mm, nah. Well, and I, I think one thing that really jumps off the page to me is that, you know, you've pointed out how year over year from last year to this year, the offense looks pretty much the same on paper. There are obviously some changes not having Juju and McColl. Um, we'll go over the numbers that were basically vacated by those receivers leaving right after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Folks, once again, we're going to talk about the boys and girls clubs of Greater Kansas City. They're our partner for this year. Uh, if you're looking for a way to make a big impact in Kansas City, the boys and girls clubs of Greater KC need sponsors for their sports teams and leagues. So if you've got a business that you want to try to promote here locally, you can actually do that while helping local kids at the same time. It's a win-win. All right. All you got to do is email giving at helpkckids.org for more information. That's giving at helpkckids.org. Will Dirk, I was looking at these numbers. Sorry, and... I was long DraftKings read. <laughs> I was about to make myself lunch here for the uh, DraftKings read there. And uh, sorry. Nice little cucumber, Sammy. Uh, I, I was looking at, I was looking at the like Juju McColl numbers and basically what you end up losing is about 110 catches. If you also throw Jody Fortson in there. Um, and it's Where's like, it? what happened to him? Is he out? He's hurt. I, I think he's, they just put him on IR for the year. Maybe they cut him, but I oh, thought, I, I, know, I totally forgot about him though. But I mean, it was literally like nine catches. Um, so hey, those are big catches. Right. So they they lost about 110 receptions, about 1,200 yards. Um, and the thing that's interesting is that Juju was, I think, clearly Mahomes' like security blanket, not named Travis Kelsey in the passing game. You might have an argument, particularly down the backstretch of the season, that Jarek McKinnon might have been like the real safety blanket. But in terms of like, you know, Juju was basically a thousand yard receiver. And although Mahomes has done a great job spreading the ball around, he doesn't have that like second potential focal point just yet. It does sort of look like it might be Rasheed Rice. Um, but, you know, the guy that's been leading the team in receiving, Justin Watson, now going to miss, I would think, at least a couple games. Uh, dislocated elbow sounds terrible. It sounds uh, terrible, but it's always like it's like this minor the like he'll play in like one to two weeks. And it's like his arm was pointing the wrong way. <laughs> I got a buddy that said he dislocated his elbow a few years ago and he's like, I didn't use my arm for like four weeks. Like didn't matter what I did, it would just like throb. It was in all this pain. And I'm like, Well, you know, but they've got good drugs for that in the NFL. <laughs> um, and so, you know. I, I don't I don't necessarily know how it's going to affect the Chiefs offense, but like here we are entering week seven. And I'm having to worry about what the absence of Justin Watson might do to the offense. It's kind of the worried. You're worried. I could, could just 
let me, I just, it's just, a, you know, just wonder. I mean, if you're worried, you're worried. Um, I don't know how many hits to the guys that Mahomes trusts. I mean, Watson seems like one of the few. I don't know like how many losses we can take in that area right now and still feel confident. I mean, I, I've I've said in years past that like, look, if if Mahomes is Aaron Rodgers, this was like the initial comparison because of this just sheer talent. If he's Rodgers, then please don't be the Packers. Like insulate him with talent. And I know that Veach has certainly tried to do that at times. I mean, he spent on Sammy. Um, you know, he spent a little bit on Juju and MBS. Um and they've spent second round picks in back to back years on receivers. You know, I I don't really know what to make of some of this right now. Let me ask you this. This just popped into my brain, and it'll give us an opportunity to maybe you're upset. You're, you're upsetting Dirk. Let me uh let me I thought we had moved on from the Aaron Rodgers comparisons when he won his second Super Bowl. It's like, oh my god, what if he only wins one Super Bowl like Aaron Rodgers? It would be such a waste. And then we, you put that to bed at his, before he even entered his prime. And now here we are talking about... The, the, my problem is... I'm sorry, I, you're going to have a question. I know it. But the problem is that strategy, that specific strategy, that conscious decision won them a Super Bowl last year. So, I mean, the, the idea is you make everything else great. Mahomes can bring up the receivers from around him. It didn't happen right away. It was kind of it was kind of sputtering at the start of last year, but eventually he figures it out. They figure it out, and and they grow from there. Like he's rely on your star to make the ones around him better. Like you don't need to pay Tyreek Hill thirty million. He can get by with, you know, these, for lack of a better word, scrubs at receiver. I don't disagree. I mean, the strategy last year obviously paid off for them. Um. Tyreek's numbers and Miami's numbers are just absolutely insane to where I wonder like if if anyone I, they won the Super Bowl last year but now that the offense is kind of like looking a little wonky right now it's like is there back. any kind of like buyer's remorse or seller's remorse I suppose uh, you know tell me from Chiefs fans but l- let me ask you this question yeah. because maybe this will help frame like if if we want to do a really silly amateurish comparison and look at like how the offense is performing versus league expectation and how the defense is performing versus league expectation. How would you like who who would you rather? Who would you rather? Yes. The last two Chiefs first round picks, both pass rushers. I'm not including Trent McDuffie, because he happened before Karloftis. Okay. So Karloftis and Felix versus their second round picks, Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice. Uh, it's kind of like Sky Moore and Felix so far. They're both like, eh, we don't know. And Karloftis is showing some flashes and Rasheed's showing some flashes. Like, would you rather? Who's who's performing better? I mean, technically, you'd almost have to go with the receivers since both of the defensive ends were uh, first round picks. So weighted. But uh, I mean, I pass rushers are more valuable, in my opinion. So I they and receivers just in general, or what these guys have done has been more valuable. Uh, pass rush in general are more valuable. Okay. Um, you know, as, as far as who's performed better, uh, yeah, I go, I go with the pass rushers. I mean, George has a better season than anybody else at this point. 
Um, it's an interesting question, but uh, no, I go, I go pass rushers. It was kind of weird. Felix only had five snaps in this last game. I that would, that's the kind of thing that, that would be a good game to get like Felix like a ton of snaps. Like that would be something I'd want to see. Um, I do a couple things here that we were touching on. You talked about like the first six games. Uh, Kevin Clark tweeted this out. He talked to uh, Mitch Schwartz last week. Um, and he was tweeting at our at our boy Nick Wright, and he said, Miss Schwartz was on my show this week, said the Chiefs used the early part of the season to find their identity, told a story about Alex Smith developing a deep ball in the first six weeks of the season because they had to, like, change... I kind of listened to this. They had to, like, change things they were doing weren't working, and so they kind of changed their strategy. Like, okay, let's go to this. They went, said they kind of went to, like, a spread offense, and Andy might have relinquished some of the play-calling duties to... It would have been Matt Nagy at the time. Um, this was that season, I think, when Mahomes was here as a rookie and Alex, you know, started throwing the ball over deep. And it was like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, so that was just Mitch Schwartz touching on something that we kind of talk about. I mean, Andy Reid using... They're figuring things out. They're figuring things out still. Um, another thing you were touching on with Juju, because everyone, I mean, we're comparing these receivers to last year. You know, the... Obviously, the receivers were good enough last year to get the job done. They had the best offense in the NFL with group receivers. So what's changed? They lost Hardman and Juju like you talked about. Okay, they bring in Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice's pace right now for the season, 60 catches, 695 yards, and six touchdowns. So basically 6,706 touchdowns. Juju last year, 78 catches, 933 yards, and three touchdowns. So a little bit off. But if you take Rasheed Rice's just last four games and kind of extrapolate that to a full season, you're looking at 68 catches for 833 yards. Now, you might say I'm like cherry-picking stats there or whatever, but they're obviously increasing Rasheed Rice's usage, so you'd expect him to get even more and more. And the basic point here is it wouldn't shock me to see him at least put up the same statistical line that you're at least approach it of what Juju did last year. I mean, 933 yards, only three touchdowns. He was kind of a security blanket and they'd go to him on like those third and short areas. And so maybe they miss him on like specific plays like that. But as far as production, we might be looking at exactly what Juju gave us from Rasheed Rice this year. And I mean, look, there's still a really big possibility in here. As we mentioned that pass rushers across the league are playing so well that like this could be chalked up to you know, poor play potentially from the offensive tackles as opposed to just being a receiver problem. I mean, I think that Mahomes has been great throughout his career at avoiding sacks and has continued to do so this year. Um, I don't know if the number is still there, but I believe after five games, he was leading all quarterbacks in rushing yards. Um, and, And so, like, he has shown that he will get out of some of these problems. Um, And and when you bail, with Mahomes, it feels different than just like someone that's dropping their eyes and says like, I just, I don't see something, so it's time to run. I think that Mahomes is much better at picking his spots and it's like practically every single carry that he has goes for a first down. Um, and, And so he's really, really smart about it. It's not just a panic move. But we've also seen him maybe have some people open and maybe either not trust them or for whatever reason not pull the trigger on these, like just some some videos of specific plays where it's like, man, he's he's got Sky Moore here right between two defenders. Clear as day throwing window. He's looking right at him. Should be able to throw this. 
but he kind of he holds back and then he chooses to run. Um, and so, you know, it's it's not necessarily the wrong decision, but it, you do kind of question like, does he have uh, the full trust of these receivers? Because I mean, that's a that's a thing um, where you know it is kind of some new bodies that you're you got out there. You got Sky Moore taking way more snaps than other guys, so maybe you wouldn't see it like in in terms of production or like a Madden rating of these receivers. But if it's if it's a thing where they're not running. Uh, the correct routes or if Mahomes just can't quite trust them to finish the route or be on the same page to find a hole in a zone kind of thing that is that is what would lead to hesitation uh, and maybe you know things like not producing as much he he might you know choose to run it or dump it down instead of hitting one of these guys that he'd usually hit um, and so that might be another reason another theory that kind of popped in my head is that the Chiefs changed a lot of their offense you know into last year um, so 2021 was obviously still the Tyreek era. And so that was a kind of an offense. And then last year, they kind of go more tight end heavy. Uh, they're getting under center and running the ball and then go and play action off of that. You know, that gives that's new for a whole season and defensive coordinators are trying to catch up during the season. Whereas then you get an entire off season after that to kind of look at what they're doing. And now defenses can kind of come back and counter to what the chiefs are doing. So it might've been just kind of like, the Chiefs changed a lot up last year. Defenses weren't quite ready for it, and it, and it was very successful. And now defenses have a better game plan, a better idea of what they're doing, and they're able to attack it better. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, the NFL is so interesting because you see that kind of shift back and forth between offenses getting a leg up and then defenses catching up to them. And then, it, you know, it's just those adjustments. It happens in individual games, and it happens from season to season, too. Um, I, I think that like what's happening so far on offense is that a lot of Chiefs fans watch it and they're frustrated. Meanwhile, the other side of the ball, like defensively, I mean, this this group, if if anyone's frustrated, it's opponents because that Chiefs defense is playing at a ridiculously high level. And you really want to frustrate some people? How about you add Charles Amidahu? when the Chiefs are already playing like a top five or top 10 unit. Um, you know, how about you talk about potentially, potentially bringing back old 5'5", five, five, Frank Clark, Frankie Baby, one of my favorite Chiefs of all time, the most threatening postseason pass rusher in the modern era. In sports entertainment. Um, I'm excited about the potential of maybe seeing Frank Clark here in almost like a coaching role um, and then potentially like eating up some of the rundown numbers, uh, one of the, some of those rundown snaps uh, during the regular season, and then ultimately just throw him out there as a pass rusher in the postseason. Uh, there's a lot of different potentialities there. Uh, plus, stand on the sideline and, and drool and, and give menacing looks to the other team. I'm, I'm cool with that too. Really great post-game interviews. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, if he's essentially just out there, like, Hey, Felix, my job is to get you where George was at the end of last year. Like, that's my job. And people kind of, I don't know, shit on that at the beginning of the season last year. Uh, like, Oh no, you don't want Frank helping him. But I think that was, I mean, absolutely. You want him helping him. And that was cool. They took on a mentor role like that. I think it's an interesting debate because he did, you know, have some juice in the playoffs. Like he, he was. And I guess his season was okay. I mean, it's always kind of hard to gauge Frank because of what we gave up and what we paid him. Um, but, you know, it, he he still had some juice last year. I assume some of that's still around, despite only playing 36 snaps as a Denver Bronco. Great sabotage job, Frankie. 
put that one. That that should go on his Chiefs Hall of Fame resume um, if it ever comes to that. Um, but it, you know, if it means directly taking snaps away from a guy like Felix, who's a first round pick, and you want to develop, and he's only getting five snaps before he comes back and before a minute who joins the team. So say bringing Frank back and getting him limited time just completely takes Felix out of the rotation. Would you be okay with that? Because you've always kind of been a champion. We want to get the young guys in and get them some reps. And now would be the time to do it. So would you be in favor of that if it meant almost eliminating him from the rotation? Because I think that's what would happen. Even though maybe Omenehu kind of comes down for a lot, especially on third downs. But it's still just so many bodies that you're trying to get snaps to, especially if you're getting Frank in there. It's interesting. You know, if if you're like a big... KCSN fan and you're listening to a lot of the content that we're cranking out week after week you've certainly I would imagine heard the lab guys have this conversation I mean yesterday they did a great job talking about some of the things uh, that could be contributing to that timing stuff or the trust with Mahomes and how maybe he's throwing it a second late Uh, but they started talking about that defense and like what it might look like the different scenarios if Frank is brought in here. And what they suggested is a little bit different application than you're saying where Felix is suddenly just not getting any snaps. It was more like Frank and Aminahu are going to be eating into Matt Dickerson, Malik Herring, maybe even a guy like Keandre Coburn, like some of these guys that are in the rotation but aren't necessarily defensive ends because, as we know, Aminahu... His pressure rate uh, rushing, especially from the inside, was just out of this world last year. Um, And if he continues on that upward trajectory, uh, the Chiefs defensive line is going to be a problem for teams. They've already generated a pretty decent amount of pressure. Sometimes that front four isn't exactly doing what they want, and Spags has to dial up the blitzes. Um, But, you know, occasionally when he does it, you end up seeing... You know, Karloftis look rough in coverage, but then there are other times where I believe even against the Broncos, I want to say you pointed out that there was like a Derek Nottie in coverage play and it worked, you know, so you kind of have to live and die by sometimes. Multiple times. People love to complain about that. I've seen at least five snaps now where a defensive line drops, drops into coverage. We get a pressure because it confuses the quarterback and nobody says a word because they don't, they don't ever see the defensive line in coverage. I mean... If I'm trying to answer your question directly on like basically would I trade Felix's snaps to see Frank on the team, I'm really reticent to say yes to that because I do think it's really important that a first round draft pick be getting opportunities to get better. Um, If you have listened to Amateur Hour in the past, we've talked a little bit about how the league rules have changed To where, like, there's basically no padded practices during the year. They get, like, five, I think, after, you know, mid-August. And some of this is to protect the health of the players, but it means that, like, these these reps that guys get in games, in many ways, like, that is their opportunity to physically try to match the competition in the NFL. And so that's one of the biggest reasons that I want to see those young guys get reps both on offense and defense uh, because we could make the same argument for receivers. Like, I think that the Chiefs 
in some ways right now, because they have one of the youngest, I think it might even be the youngest defense in the NFL. Um, they probably have one of, they're not the youngest, but I think they're probably like, you know, 10 youngest wide receiver rooms in the NFL too. And so I look at this and I say like, man, they have to get better. And the team gets stuck in this, what's best for us today versus what's best for us this year. We talked about that a little bit with the receivers where it's like Justin Watson and MBS keep getting all these snaps because they're veterans that can be trusted seemingly on the surface. But then you look at the numbers for MBS and it's like he's run 180 routes in six games and he's got nine catches, you know? So like it's, it's, I, I don't know how to handle some of that. I do well, want to see the young guys on the field. though. I got you. It, it is evening out in the receiver room. They were pretty even across the board this week. And I think MBS's snaps are kind of going down. Uh, per week as we see um we do we got to dive in some defense here because we've got some uh defensive numbers to crutch a little bit but the main thing is the math might be changing for this team uh we've always kind of talked about how there is a clear formula for this team to win the super bowl look no further than the 2022 team who ranked first in points per game on offense and 16th in points per game on defense the formula is the league's best offense and a league average defense well, what if your defense is actually good? What if they're above average? Then maybe only you, you only need a top five offense. Like the the dynamics on this team might be switching a little bit to the point where they don't need a number one offense. I mean, obviously you'd take it. Uh, and if they had it on top of this defense, you're you're looking at a, a juggernaut of a team. Um, but yeah, just this. So this team in defense compared to um, other defenses of the Mahomes era, they have they are the best in points per game, third downs, yards per play, and points per drive. They're second best in red zone from this era and third best in turnovers. Um, my favorite stat, points per drive. This is going from 2018 to present. 28th, 15th, 13th, 22nd, 20th. All league average or worse. This year, third. Third in points per drive allowed so far. Um, and so the defense, if you really crunch those numbers, um, I call that, I kind of averaged out all those numbers. Um, and I call it Dirk's internal calculation of knowing ball. Um, so you can maybe short that. Yeah. Yeah. We can shorten that up. It would be the, um, the, the, uh, Dick measuring scale is, is what we'll call that. The Dirk's internal calculation of knowing ball. So, and the Dirk Dick measuring scale, they have the least, they have the best defense of the Mahomes era, unquestionably. And I don't, I don't know if you actually caught on to your own joke here, but it's Dick nope, and no joke Ball. here, <laughs> Dick and Ball. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, so I, I just as you were talking about it, and we were kind of thinking about offense versus defense. So the Chiefs' defense right now is second in the NFL in points allowed per game. Uh, they are just behind San Francisco, who leads the league at 14.5, and the Chiefs are at 14.7. Now, we're looking at those offensive numbers, right? If we're thinking about where the Chiefs, I said, were slightly above the league average, I believe that in points per game, they're right now ninth in the league. Um, what would you like? Where would you feel, or, or what would make you feel better? 
Um, if the Chiefs are second in the league in points per game allowed and ninth in points per game scoring on offense, or would you rather be a team like the Dolphins, who clearly have been lighting it up offensively, their first by a wide margin, but then when you look over at their defensive stats, Miami is 26th in the league right now, allowing 26 points per game. The margin of the margin of victory between the Chiefs and the Dolphins is essentially the same, but the Chiefs are keeping the score down, and Miami is allowing the score to balloon. What do you think is better over the course of a season? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're saying like at the end of the season, it might be kind of a debate. But I mean, if you're saying, you know, you're saying you're telling me this in week six, and especially with this team moving forward. I would obviously take the defense playing like they are because I have all the confidence in the world that Pat Mahomes is going to come around and start playing better. I have all the confidence in the world that Andy Reid is going to figure out what's wrong with the with the offense and improve that. So, I mean, if you're telling me this, these are the stats through week six, which would you rather choose? I'm, I'm 200, 420-69% going with, you know, the good defensive numbers and, you know, the, the offense being down a bit. Um, you know, and, and we've, we've seen the dolphins, we've seen those teams before the chiefs have been that team many times before it leads to January sadness. I mean, we've, we've seen that play out before. Um, you have to have a defense that you can somewhat trust come playoff time. And, and I think we have that. So, I mean, I, it's, it's a slam dunk that I would go with the, um, you know, both teams performing at a good, a good rate instead of one great one down. Yeah, I mean, having the Chiefs offense and defense both in the top 10 and scoring, um, I mean, that's the dream, right? Like, suddenly Mahomes doesn't have to go out and put up those same stats that we've seen throughout his career where, like, if they score over 24, um, then, you know, the, like, but the, this, I, I think about what is more sustainable, and I, I don't know like if it's year-over-year year offense or year-over-year year defense that becomes more volatile. Um, I mean, the Chiefs have been so consistent offensively through the years that it makes me want to assume that if you're good on offense, that you'll be able to do that again and again and again year after year. But we're spoiled by having the best quarterback in the league and you know one of the best offensive minds of all time so that makes it for uh you know really consistent numbers that are coming up year after year the thing that when i look at this defense what i think really impresses me is that i still don't see apart from chris jones i don't see like these unbelievable football players it's chris jones and a bunch of guys that do their job and that to me i think is really interesting there there is an argument to be made that maybe a guy like legerius sneed and maybe a guy like trent mcduffie that those guys are playing at an extremely high level right now um i think that there's also some arguments to be made about like the chief safety is in general uh, that group seems to be playing pretty well. Justin Reed had easily his best game as a chief against Denver, so maybe that's a little recency bias. Um, <clears throat> and obviously the talent in the linebacker room. His first interception of his chief career was pretty shocking. Pretty shocking. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that was that was one that jumped out. Um, I I just think that probably I I I don't want to get into is Nick Bolton the best non Chris Jones chief because I know people don't like that conversation. Uh, no, it's it's Snead for you right now, McDuffie. Maybe uh, no, I would I so, would go with McDuffie personally. Sorry, I think you're lagging a bit. So um, I would go mm. with McDuffie and then probably Snead. But yeah, I mean it's really just solid guys. I mean, all of the linebackers are solid. Willie Gay played a really good game this week. Um, the safeties are solid, starting with Jarrett, Justin Reed. Um, I think they're solid across the D-line. So I, I kind of see your point, but I think it was shortchanging McDuffie and probably Sneed a little bit in terms of uh, being elite players. I think McDuffie, if he's not elite right now, he is on the cusp of being elite um, at that cornerback position. He's just, he's really good. It's the toughest position in the NFL to play, and he is thriving in his second year where he missed half the games. I mean, he's probably in what his 20th career game or something at this point. Like, uh, it's even fewer than that. Cause he missed those games to start the year last year. Right. Yeah, like he's fun. a little behind. Well, actually 20 might be about right. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. There's just not many weakness. They're just solid across the board and they're so young that it's, uh, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, if, and really, if you're looking at the, the Dick measuring contest, you're looking or scale, excuse me, uh, it's not a contest. Uh, the defense is actually outperforming the offense so far this year, which is which is kind of funny. If you didn't, didn't uh, see that so before the year, I think it's important before we go to maybe try uh, to take a look at what happened around the league on Sunday um, and, and see if maybe any of that like changed your perception of where the Chiefs are at through six weeks. Um, you see. San Francisco go down to the Browns. Browns really shutting down that 49ers offense. You see the Eagles lose to the Jets, who didn't have either of their starting corners, and the Eagles only put up 14 points. Um, I'm I'm really interested if some of these, I mean, Miami continues to roll. We'll see what that game looks like in a couple weeks in Germany. Um, but I I'm curious if like other teams performing poorly. Uh, like it in any way affects your confidence. Um, maybe just about like where the offense is right now, because I think ultimately at the end of the year, when we're entering those playoffs in mid January, no matter what, I think everybody in Kansas city is probably going to be feeling really confident. Sans injury. Oh no. I, I mean, I, I honestly think we are far and away the best team in the NFL. Uh, Interesting. I don't okay. I mean, anything can happen along the way. I mean, especially injury wise. Um, but I would say, far and away the best. I mean, if I was looking at this team from the outside and seeing what their defense is doing and then seeing Mahomes on the other side, like I think this is probably the best Chiefs team of the Mahomes era. Uh, I think they're clearly the best team in the NFL. Um, I And I really, it really crossed my mind when I was like, man, I, I would say Tyreek Hill is the MVP right now. And then I was kind of thinking to myself like, okay, who else would it be? Tua, I guess, from his own team. Purdy shit the bed. Hurts shit the bed. Allen hasn't looked good. Burrow hasn't looked good. Um, I mean, who else is even up here? Mahomes hasn't played up to his standard. I wouldn't put him in the MVP conversation at this point. I think he will be at the end. But it's just like, across the board, it's just like a bunch of struggles. Um, so I think at this point, you're just kind of stacking wins. Um, and I, yeah, I I think we are far and away, far and away the best team. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who the top competitor is. I will say this about Miami. They look great. Um, but don't forget a Florida team in January 
built on speed. If they have to come to Arrowhead for the AFC Championship in late January and they grow that grass out, slow them down a little bit, that is going to be a tough, tough ask for a team like that. I mean, we've we've seen teams like this all the time that play in warm weather, and once it gets cold, the game changes, and they struggle to adjust. So I think home field advantage for Miami is ultra important, not necessarily because they're that much better at home, but because them playing in like a, you know, a Buffalo or a Kansas City or anywhere like that in January is just going to be so tough for them. So I think, you know, when you're looking, a lot of that could come down to the Chiefs and Dolphins game in Germany. I think that is a much bigger game for the Dolphins than it is the Chiefs because I trust the Chiefs on the road. Like, you know, Chiefs and Dolphins, like that's maybe an even matchup, matchup. Let's see. Um, but if you're talking about Miami coming to Kansas City in January, I, I will take that any day, any day. I I don't know if I can say as emphatically as you do that the Chiefs are clearly the best team in the league, but I I will definitely second the notion that they are, to me, I think they're the scariest version of themselves, maybe since Mahomes' uh, you know, first season as a starter because he just completely annihilated people. They didn't know how to defend him. He threw 50 touchdowns at 5,000 yards and everything looked super easy. But well, I'm, just, I'm just curious. Do you think there's a good chance like that the offensive trend will continue like and they finish the season at like these same offensive numbers? Because I fully expect them to improve. You think there's still a good chance that they stay here? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. Um, okay. I think that there, there are some ways that they can maybe become more efficient as they figure out who they are. Um, and Mahomes starts to really establish connections with guys. But I don't I don't see the path right now. If you aren't making changes to your roster, I don't see the path for that offense to just suddenly be clicking week in and week out and be putting up like 30 plus. Um, I know that we can maybe make the argument, look at the Jets game. They could have had 30. He slid at the one yard line. I think that they have actually ended the game in the red zone or maybe even inside the five a couple times this year that could have helped boost that scoring. Um, And so they're making some deliberate choices a little bit that's affecting those numbers. But I, I don't know, man. I mean, I thought that this year was going to be mostly like their success was going to be determined by the development of the wide receivers and maybe ultimately how these offensive tackles work out. Um, I, I am very excited about Rasheed Rice and I think every other wide receiver is a pretty massive question mark and the Chiefs were able to pull something like that off when their one wide receiver that you felt good about was Tyreek Hill in all pro. And now we're talking about the one wide receiver that everybody feels good about being a rookie. So uh, it's what about last year? What about last year? Well, I I mean, they I think last year was more about the sum of the parts. Don't get me wrong, Juju separated himself, but last year kind of started this trend that Mahomes is following this year where it's like he completed passes to 10 different receivers 14 games in a row. Like they just teams didn't necessarily know how to defend the Chiefs because they could come at you with all of these waves of guys that could come out and make plays. But like 
I don't see Sky Moore making plays. I don't see MVS making plays. You know, I don't I don't know that they're going to get a contribution from Richie James. Um, and so, like, I, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's totally possible that the Chiefs are a top 10, but not top five offense this year. But I still think that, like, and I think there are a lot, especially those that cut their teeth on this Chiefs team in the 90s and Marty Ball, like, the reason that this team is so scary to opponents is because of how great that defense looks. And then when the offense is on the field, it's Mahomes and Andy Reid. It almost doesn't matter who else is out there when your defense is playing that good and you have those two guys. And I I respect anybody. I mean, obviously, I, I respect you, his Dirkness. Uh, I respect anybody that thinks that by the end of the year, we have no reason to worry about this offense. They will figure it out. I'm just not as confident, I think, as other people are that that's going to be the case. I think that they could play with their food on offense the rest of the year, um, but maybe not even so much intentionally. I think it's I think it's going to be a struggle for them at times to put up the kind of points that we're used to. And ultimately, I don't know if they're ever going to look as smooth as they have in years past. And some of that is just natural because they've changed so many pieces. I, I mean, I would just say I don't think they're struggling this year nearly as much as they did in 2021. And yet they still finished that season fourth in points per game, first in yards per play, first in points per drive, first in third down percentage. Like even the floor, that's the worst we've seen this offense look. Even the floor finished at those rankings for the full season. It's just yeah. They're, they're too good. They're too good. Uh, listen, folks, if you're looking for some additional context, I think if you really want to dig into the minutiae on why things are happening offensively, um, what it might be that's causing Mahomes to hesitate when he's throwing to guys like Sky Moore um, and how that might be affecting how efficient the offense is, listen to the second half of the lab from yesterday. Uh, again, I, I'll plug it. They did an excellent job talking about just the the difference in route depth and how that might affect the trust factor. And Kent, being a former college quarterback, talks about how, how trust is such an important thing for quarterbacks. If they don't trust you, then they're probably not going to be looking to you. Uh, so if you want to try to gain some knowledge, listen to some of the other shows here on KC Sports Network. We've got content coming at you week after week after week um and yeah you know i would i would just re-listen to our pod i mean what's 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 kip qbr let's look up his stats I'm sure they ain't that hot <laughs> look i gotta be a corporate shill occasionally here in the hour and eight minute mark um you know oh, we're creeping we're creeping towards old amateur hour here nick's getting itchy i know he's got another pod to do there we go uh well you know like and subscribe and tell your friends and such uh amateur hour is the best podcast in the world. I am Ryan Scott Hall. He is his darkness. And say it with me, everybody. Oh. Justin Herbert is Philip Rivers. Can't believe that's that app. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.